In a time where current events have created strong emotions, how are we able to have conversations about racism, equity, and injustice? This week's guest, Hedrick Nichols, shares strategies she uses to facilitate difficult conversations, empower student voices, and increase equity in schools. In this episode, we also discuss asking important questions about who else was a part of our country's history, making sure we have opportunities to share and celebrate people of color, Hedrick's books on anti-racism and Black Lives Matter, and an exciting Small Bites announcement. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Welcome back, everyone, to the Aspire Podcast. I'm so excited to have my guest today. Hedrick, you are phenomenal. I got the pleasure of watching you this morning on the Teach Better check-ins in the morning, and you yeah. were just killing it. I loved everything that you brought, and you also talked at the 12-hour live event um, about equity. You would just bring so much value every time I listen to you, and I'm so honored that you'd be on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. Those are some beautiful words. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad I can help. Yes. And so before we dive into a bunch of really relevant topics, I would just love to hear about your educational journey and how you became a tech specialist. Um, wow. Well, it's an interesting journey. I actually taught music for, I taught littles and then I moved to Switzerland and, uh, split my time being a performer and a music teacher. Nice. So I got to teach actually fine arts teacher. Cause I got to teach band and general music and gosh, I was even teaching a dance class. It was funny oh, cause I was eight months pregnant and I was teaching dance. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then moved back and, love music but at some point things you love when you do professionally it just kind of gets to starts to be drained so i decided to go back get my master's of educational technology and here i am in the north arlington area district lead and teaching ed tech to seventh graders middle school yeah Yeah. rock on i'm in the middle school also um i gotta go back though you said you went overseas so what was that all about and why you why did you decide that well, I was performing and kind of bouncing back and forth. I, you know, I toured from the time I was about 20, performed professionally from the time I was about eight. So I just kind of got, was bouncing back and forth and it became finally more lucrative to be there mm-hmm. rather than here. Yeah. So I moved over. So you said Switzerland. Yes. Was that quite the culture shock between the United States and there? You know what? I was working there all the time, okay. so it it wasn't. I was I was kind of used to being in Europe as an as an American. You know, as, as living in Switzerland, they have a very serious. We are Switzerland. We are not Europe. Sure. But as a as a Texan, as an American, you know, it's a European culture is very similar. At least Western European culture. So you know, and and it just kind of became to became home. It was really a, a great run. I enjoyed it. I lived in a little mountain village where I would literally, literally take a basket to the market to go and get some fresh veggies and to the meat market to Hans Peter, you know, get some meat, that kind of thing. And sure. so, yeah, it was really, it was a great experience. That's amazing. I bet that helped you grow in a lot of areas. And I think You've talked about it in your YouTube program, The Small Bites, what your experience was not only um, overseas, but then also in the Houston area. And I just love your story. Anyone that's listening right now, if you're not on YouTube, (laughs) checking out Small Bites, you need to do that immediately because I love your mission. It's like, here are some strategies for busy people. And that's that's everyone. That's every educator. And so, you know, your five minute 
spots are just amazing. So for those who haven't checked in, will you just kind of give a quick synopsis of kind of the mission behind your YouTube videos? I'll kind of go through my origin story is this. I was the first generation of um, integrated schools in Houston, Texas, where I grew up. And so I was called often that, oh, look, that when you know, my family would come and see the school pictures, oh, look, there she is, that one little speck. <laughs> and that was kind of a common thing you heard for kids because there was busing, there was integration, you know, shipping you off to the quote unquote better school across town kind of thing. And so I was just in that situation a lot. And then moving to Switzerland, I wasn't the only black person in my class picture or even in the schoolhouse as a teacher. I was the only black person in the village or in, you know, one of seven people in the county kind of a thing. And then you had to redefine what is black? Is it black American? Is it Tamil? They're also dark brown. I mean, you know, what are we talking here? So it was just really, um, and then I came, when I repatriated, I ended up uh, being minister of music at a church here, which is Lutheran. Lutherans are not, you know, we, we be we, we Baptists and we evangelical and we a whole lot of stuff, but there are not a lot of black Lutherans. So um, I think I watched, I looked at the demographic, it's like less than 3%, but that's where I ended up being. So my son is actually this cool kid who's confirmed Lutheran. It's really funny. <laughs> He's baptized in Baptist church yeah. and confirmed Lutheran. So yes, yeah, it's, it's cool mix. And so all of those, just the, the last few years, I felt, you know, all of this I keep coming back to the same place and I'm, I'm really grounded in, in, in the black community. So it's not like I don't have that as well, but I just kept feeling myself being the voice mm -hmm. in those circles that was able to say, oh, I hear you, but you know, there's also this other perspective. And those things started to kind of crystallize as a mission when my son got taller than me and grew facial hair. If you've heard this story, I'm sorry, but this is just a story. Um, and that was really kind of this year. A couple of things suddenly my kid happened to my kid. He was skateboarding in the neighborhood and some guy he took a spill and some dude said, yeah, well, you know, huh, go back to your own neighborhood and skate kind of a thing. And something else happened, a couple of incidents happened and he had really never confronted that kind of racism before. So sure. that was just awful. And out of that, out of the George Floyd incident and that, and him suddenly knowing that he's driving now and oh my God, am I, you know, when my baby's out there, is he gonna, I don't know if you know, there's a hashtag DWB driving while black, wow. you know, uh, and, and like, is my kid gonna be another hashtag story? You know, that kind of thing. Because sure. as a mother of black male, they're just all of these images of these, these men who have died for, well, a whole lot less than storming the Capitol. Let's oh, put yeah. it like that. Sure. So, so that's kind of how, how Small Bites was born. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to take that message to a broader audience and be able to say, while I understand, like being raised in the South, I understand the pride in the Confederacy, but have you ever thought about what that means to people who look like me. Yeah. So. No, I love it. And I love your mission. And, you know, you brought it up. The Capitol was stormed just yesterday and you jumped on and, and spoke so eloquently um, this morning about, you know, teachers and what, how they should address this topic. And so I'm just going to ask you for those who might've missed it, you know, is it something where teachers should back away from the topic and not touch it? Or is it something where it, it needs to be addressed and, and brought up to the class to allow students the voices, um, their own voices to, to touch on, on such important topics? Uh, the first thing I think is it kind of depends on where you are. Mm -hmm. I really think it should be brought up. However, 
if you yourself have not reflected about your own position, if you yourself are not able to stand in a position of uh, neutrality, yeah. then you might want to leave it alone. Because, I, and I had I had a teacher, there was an incident today, incident. <laughs> I have a, res, a resident relay and she's really great and she's so creative. And she said, so I know you guys saw what happened on the news yesterday. I said, oh, you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up. Let me go ahead and pull up my, re- <laughs> you, you, you know, and I, I I, I didn't sleep well last night, so I understood, but I've had a few years experience, experience and you know, you can't, this is Texas. There are mm-hmm. teachers who get fired and we have a very supportive campus that, 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 that supports diversity. So sure. it wasn't something I was thinking of, but just as a mentor, I have to say, you know, this is how you talk about that in the classroom. It's their conversation. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can do is remind them that we can disagree respectfully. And you can say, grownups modeled some really bad behavior. What did you think about that? And so, you know, as depending on what your demographic is, what your parents are like, what your school is, you can go into depth and say, man, that was really a lousy thing that happened and it shouldn't have happened. And you can go into detail about how we got there. However, it's the kids conversation, mm-hmm. you know, by second or third period, my kids had already had history and they were done. Now, a couple of them DM'd me in the Zoom chat and said, hey, did you see what happened on the news? Mm-hmm. And then I said, oh my gosh, yeah, you want to hang after and talk about it a minute. But I did not feel I have to make this statement, nor did I feel that, you know, are you okay? I Kids, you know, especially middle school, some of yeah. them saw it, some of them paid attention and a lot of it, it just went right over their heads. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to, mostly you just want to be in a place where you can be neutral. And that means to not guide their let them come to their own conclusions. We need to build a society that can think yes. and that can discern critically what's what's biased, what's neutral, what's left-leaning, what's right-leaning, what could be just, oh, I love, I love my mom. So even though she just, you know, flipped off the guy in the next car, it's okay. That's my mom. No, I love my mom. She flipped off the person in the next car. That was not really cool. And so if you're not in a place to be able to to just call out behavior and not say, yeah, but look at these other people. If you're not in a position to do that, then just, you know, back off and say, tensions are high. Let's have this conversation in a week and get to a place where you can just make sure that it's the conversation of the kids and you can not be partisan. You can actually let them have their thoughts and get to some place where they realize however and why ever it was wrong and that we should be better better than this Mm -hmm. and you have some really amazing topics and strategies that you provide on your youtube videos how do you come up with those topics is it like people are reaching out listeners or viewers are reaching out to you or you know are you just taking it from your own life your own experience mostly the the news cycle, my own life. And then sometimes people say, Hey, can you check out, can you do this? Or can you do another one like that? Or can you go deeper, deeper into this? As a matter of fact, I'm going to have a cohort because some people have said they want to do some more interactive things. They want to look at some of the resources together. Mm -hmm. So that's coming up, but yeah, usually right about Monday or Tuesday, something will happen (laughs) and I'll be like, God, dog it. Got to talk like I like tomorrow. I'm supposed to be off to prepare for the podcast yeah. transition, and I can't be silent this week. So I know exactly what I'm gonna say. And it came out of a conversation with my son about a sting song. 
Oh, interesting. I'm on the edge of my seat, so I'm going to definitely check that out. No, I love, too, that you talked about a wound, right? Like we have in, in our society, we have a very large wound, and it's something that a lot of us try to ignore, but it's still bleeding. How do we fix that, right? Like how do we eventually get to a place where that wound is healed in our society? You know, it's it's a good question. I think the the big thing that I always remember, my I used to, you know, little kids love Band-Aids. And my grandma had been a nurse and can we put a Band-Aid on it? No, baby, let some air get to it. It heals quicker when there's air. But I want a Band-Aid. No, honey, it's, just, it's, it's fine. Just let some air get to it. And as long as we insist on putting Band-Aids on that gaping, gushing wound, we are going to have issues. So I think the first thing is... Um, you know, I, I, I saw a post and it said, this whole critical race theory, we love our country and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. We just can't, we need, I'm not talking about any of that. We have a great nation. It's like, that's a Band-Aid. Yeah. It's a Band-Aid to say that our country is perfect and it's always been perfect and it's founded on perfection and we are the you know, greatest nation in the world. And is, is, is that really something we have to be? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm a really great teacher, but do I have to, is my pride built on being the greatest teacher in the world or the greatest ed tech teacher or the greatest middle school? Is that where my pride is? Why are we hanging on to that? That's a band-aid. Mm -hmm. And so we really have to look back at our history and see all of the things we missed. You know, my, my favorite question is who else was there? If everything we're teaching, especially like my civics teachers, or well, actually everybody, because we always teach, you know, you teach about mathematicians or you teach about uh, when you're an art teacher, you taught about the famous artists. Oh, yeah. Who else was there? You know, there's, yeah, there's Picasso. Yeah, there's, you know, there, there's Warhol. Who else was there? So when you notice, when you notice that, hey, wait a minute, hmm, there's 13% black people in this country. Um, I think I forgot how many percent Mexican, all these different people, but I don't know one Asian mathematician. I don't know one black artist. I don't know one Mexican musician. Yeah. Then, I, then I, ha I have to start to think, you know what? The whole bring me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Well, wait a minute, who else is in those huddled masses? What have they contributed? And that's not ripping the country apart. That's not saying, oh my God, America's terrible. It's foul from the foundation. But there are some foul things. You know, if I walk into your house and stick you and your wife and your kids in a closet and take over and say, this is mine now, that's called stealing. <laughs> and so I know that's what you know, colonization was, but that's not cool, you know, and it's okay to say that that's not cool. You know what? Wow, we shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. What can we do to make it better? Yep. And so that's, we just, we have the band-aid of, nope, nope, don't look at anything critically. We're great, we're amazing. And I say this on, on Small Bites a lot. I don't wanna be loved like that, mm -hmm. you know? I, I hope that that your wife loves you when your hair like right, I'm looking at I'm looking at Josh now he's got his hair is so cool it's perfect it's like got the right height in the middle I mean you know it's like this, I just his hair is <laughs> but but does your wife like you just as much when your hair is grown out and it hasn't been edged up and you don't have any gel in it for sure would you want her if she only liked you when you were fresh from the barber no but I would understand no <laughs> You know, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it's like, ooh, yeah, yeah no, I, would, I wouldn't want to kiss me either. <laughs> but, 
but that's that's what we have to get to. I love my country. I don't want, I love my kid. And some days, my God, we've been together since March here, just the two of us, a lot. <laughs> but that's real love. Real love is not, I only love the supermodels who's got, you know, legs up to her neck. I, re real love is, is, is human. It's about loving someone in spite of, not because of. And so the Band-Aid is the, I love America because it's the greatest country in the world. That's the Band-Aid. So we need to rip that off so that we can begin to look at our country and say, ooh, ouch. Well, that was crappy, yeah. but look at what we've achieved in spite of that. Or look at what we've been able to, how we've been able to course correct or look at how far we've come. Wow, it took us for almost 400 years, 300 years, but look, we finally got to civil rights. Look, we've so you can see more, it's like my kids who are struggling students, I see their growth way more than I see my top students, top performing students, yep. my Q4s and fives. Yeah, you know, I know they're good. But when all of a sudden, you know, that kid who's really on the struggle bus, when they get it, it's like, yay. <laughs> so I'd love to see us get more like that about America and yeah. stop, you know, having this dream. You know, America's like your your dream date. It's a supermodel. And as soon as you, you know, you date her, you find out, wow, her breath stinks too. What the heck? Oh my God, that was gas. Ah! <laughs> So let's translate that, right? Let's transfer that to, you know, we're talking about the country, but what about schools, right? It was a system built, and you said it earlier, right? It was it was built essentially for white students, and then, you know, we're now opening the doors for other races to come into this system that's already been constructed, and then we're going to take that same model, and we're going to just replicate it for generations. So, you know, talking about wounds and trauma that's occurred over the years, you know, what do we do with schools as far as not putting the band-aid and what are some first steps for for campuses to really look at equity as a whole and you brought it up too like curriculum is one piece but i know there's so many other pieces that schools can be looking at to help with making sure that everybody has equal opportunities three things first restorative justice let's look at that if you look across the board black kids are disproportionately referred for uh, for for behavioral issues and they are severely underrepresented in gt and ap referrals yep. so you get that across the board with um i think almost every minority population with the exception of asian kids and so let's 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 start to look at what why that is let's break that down on our campuses for is that happening in a certain department? Is that happening in a certain uh, with certain teachers? You know, and and then really looking at the why that is. There was a a podcast I listened to. A history department had the most referrals on its campus, so they found out that the history department was a very low interaction. It was kind of a complete lecture class, yep. and there were always issues because the kids sat and they listened and they read and they wrote, and that was all. And so after they restructured instruction and made it more interactive and stations, I forgot whatever they did, but basically they just did, did a whole, you know, left the whole stage on the stage and turned to the whole guide on the side thing. All of a sudden office referrals went down. Simple as that. Yeah. So looking at, looking at that and when there is something trying to, trying to find other solutions besides exclusionary ones. For example, the, the instructional minutes that are missed when the kid's standing outside your class, yep. usually that's the kid that can least afford to stand outside your class. Sure. And that all that comes from better relationships. So, you know, spending that extra time getting to know your kids. Yeah, I know stars coming, but spend the time getting to know your kids. It pays off and it pays off academically as well as with behaviors. And every study says so. I mean, there's so much research. So there's restorative justice piece. There is the look beyond the days piece. 
Look beyond the days, people. I mean, it's, hey, February is coming up. Let's release some new Barbies for Black History Month. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I teach in the school where most of our population is Hispanic. Yeah. And I had a uh, one of the students said, hey, I had a video, but Hispanic Month was over last week. It was me with my dance troupe. We just performed. Can I still show it? That broke my heart. Wow. <laughs> You know, but yeah. that's what we do. We, yeah. you know, we, we put our little parentheses, our little brackets, and this is where we go from culture. And then after that, but if, if everyone's an American, then shouldn't all of our stories be visible every day? Yep. So look at your library collections and make sure that there are a variety of stories that are visible every day. So yeah, the restorative justice piece, the looking beyond months and days mm -hmm. for celebrations of culture. And finally, ask, asking yourself who else was there. Remember, not only is our country diverse, our world is diverse. Yeah. Who's the first philosopher that comes to mind? Plato. Right. Yeah. We think Greek, the Greek and the right. Roman philosophers. Yeah. Is that it? Really? So there were no schools of thought besides <laughs> Greek and Roman? That's, what I, that's one of the questions I use when I teach for teachers, you know, when I, because that's exactly where we are. We are all products of the Western classical education system that rates those particular schools of thought as top of the food chain. And they're just all these kingdoms. And, and did you know that math comes from the Arabic system? Yeah, I mean, there's I'm like now that I've done, yeah, I was raised in Texas, so you know oh, that yeah. I didn't grow up knowing knowing any of this stuff. No, it was Texas history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All six years from sixth grade to twelfth, Texas history, and yeah. then you know this is this is U.S. history. Look, here's Texas, and here's yeah. the rest of the country. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, look, yeah, find out who else was there. I was surprised to find out that the great mathematicians far predated like the Greek and Roman num Roman numerals. That's yep. what you, that's what I think of yeah. as the beginning of math. Definitely. But no, go back and look at the Byzantine em empire and there's all this cool math stuff over there. Yeah, who else was there? When I look at, talk about Plymouth Rock and we talk about the Mayflower. Mm -hmm. Well, the Wampanoags were already there. Yep. <laughs> So how about, you know, the Powhatan chiefdom was already there that, you know, they were all that, that the Eastern seaboard was populated. Yep. You know, they didn't come and just kind of see Squanto and two or three other mm -hmm. uh, Indians and Pocahontas and say, hey, let's share some corn. Thanks, dudes. Deuces. No. They actually, there's a whole thriving, there were nations of people here. Yes. So ask yourself who else was there. And now sometimes it takes a little more digging. That's one of the things I do with small bites. I try to take away some of the digging. So they're usually some kind of cool, quirky, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a website that I like. It's called not only old white dudes math or something like that. <laughs> and they just, it's like literally something like that. If you Google that, you yeah. can find it, but it's on my website too. It's just all of these people who were mathematicians right. who were not old white math, sure. old white dudes, yeah. you know, and that's, I think it's no, it's not old dead white dudes. I'm like, oh God, this is, <laughs> but it's such a funny thing. It stays with you. Yes. So ask yourself who else was there. So right. use restorative justice instead of Instead of inclusionary and exclusionary tactics mm -hmm. for, for disciplinary problems, build better relationships, use your, your culture to celebrate all of the year, mm -hmm. even people who aren't in your class. You know, we think of culture often as, oh, my kids are Hispanic. Let me put some Hispanic stuff up or, oh, I got a lot of black kids. Let me find out what's on the hip hop radio. Yeah. Right. No, you know, everybody should know about everybody. That's when we get to celebrate culture. And then finally asking yourself who else was there. I love those three. Those are powerful. And I couldn't agree with, with you more on all those tactics. And I think that's something that 
we all need to do and we really need to assess our campus and where we're at with equity and making sure that we're representing all cultures, like you said. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. And you've mentioned it a couple times with Small Bites. You are making a, a small transition. You're not only doing the YouTube, but you're also doing another project with Small Bites. So I just want to give you the opportunity to, to share about that because I'm pretty excited. I'm excited too. Um, Aspire is on the Teach Better Network. Am I right? It's correct. Yes. <laughs> so I, hey, I'm from Texas. I'm from Texas. You can always say yes, ma'am, to me. I'm good with that. I was about to say yes, ma'am, but you caught me. <laughs> oh, I was like, yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, sir. And yeah, we got that. Uh, well, I am actually also going to join the Teach Better Podcast Network, and yes. I'm going to use the audio from Small Bites. There are a couple things already on there. Just kind of put some stuff to make sure it's tested. Make sure that it's on all the major podcast networks so that when I launch, you'll be able to hear me on Monday mornings at 5 a.m. Central. So if you miss Small Bites, you can catch it on your drive to work. That's so Assuming awesome. that you're driving to work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, depending on where you're in the country, but for most of Texas, at least, <laughs> we are driving Ouch. to work. <laughs> Yes, we are one of four states that yeah. has a mandatory in-person it's true. Mandate. Yeah. So let's talk about some other projects too, because you're not only a YouTuber and soon to be podcaster. So what do you got in the works? I'm starting a cohort just for actually four Fridays and we'll get to do some of the small bite strategies and kind of work with them interact in an interactive way. So we'll just zoom for 45 minutes and I know it's a, the end of the week, but I think it's necessary. There's no good time to meet, but I think it's good to be able to have some conversations and talk about, okay, great, have this conversation, ask who else was there. But now how am I going to sell that to the person who writes curriculum for my district? Yeah. You know, those kinds. So just really to be able to put some, some strategies to the strategies. Yep. And I also just wrote my first two books, part of a middle school library series awesome. called Racial Justice in America. And I did both what is anti-racism and what is the Black Lives Matter movement. And those just dropped on January 1st. So they wow. sold out immediately on Amazon, which yeah, is kind of cool. Yeah. So those yeah. are two relevant topics. So let's talk about those real quick. I think it's important, those two topics. So, you know, what's the basis of, of both those, those books? Um, like I said, they're part of the Racial Justice in America series um, that was designed by Calissa Wing. And it really talks, the what is the Black Lives Matter movement, talks kind of about why that even came to be. Yeah. You know, what does Black Lives Matter mean? There are still many, many people who feel like that means hey, Black Lives Matter only, right. but it really means, hey, y'all, Black Lives Matter too. And that's a big difference. You know, it's like sitting at a table and somebody's passing around plates and they keep passing the potatoes beyond you and you right. can't fill your plate and you're sitting here and you say, but I'm hungry too. Yep. I want to eat too. So that it talks about that and it goes into the history, a lot of the history about how we got to a place where we need that talks about um, the history of policing brown bodies in yeah. America, which is, you know, a lot of people don't know, but in the South, the, pol the original police were people who went to go and catch slaves and bring them back to their masters. Uh, there are two schools of thought about whether that's exactly it, but that was a large part of what policing was in the early days of policing in the South. And so it's hard to weed out when the inception of something is kind of, mm -hmm 
kind of wrong or or it, it's rooted in, in evil practices, right. it's kind of hard to come out of that, mm -hmm. you know, to, to grow beyond that. And the anti-racism book talks about how to be an ally. It talks about what racism is, where, where race came from, like yeah. white and black are really constructs. There's absolutely no scientific basis for color being something that you can, something other than a superficial trait. Right. There's a really neat teacher. I don't know if you know, um, Bonnie Nevis. Um, she's biology goddess on Twitter. She yeah. teaches science from a social social justice perspective, nice. and it's really cool where she looks at all the alleles and all the genes and the genomes and goes back in and sees. Okay, so this is what happened, and this is how people got different got to be different colors. So we talk a little bit about that, and it has a lot of of a lot of um, pedagogical inputs that you can actually do this activity with your kids or do this activity with your campus or you can talk to your moms about this or you can join you know start a TikTok channel where you let people know that you're an alley you know just really it's a it's a really great series so i would recommend all six. Oh, definitely like i already told you i'm i'm definitely going on amazon purchasing your two books and i'll have those in the show notes for anyone that's interested because i think those are phenomenal resources for anyone Hedrick, I'm just so honored, again, for you to be a part of this program. Will you just share with the listeners, um, if they're not connected with you, they need to be, so how can they connect with you on social media? Well, the cool thing is my mom gave me this really unique name. It's Hedrick, H-E-D as in Dora, R-E-I-C-H, Hedrick. So if you can spell that, you can find me on Twitter at Hedrick, yep. at, on Instagram at Hedrick Nichols, on Facebook at Hedrick, Hedrick Nichols, on YouTube, YouTube slash Hedrick, LinkedIn, Hedrick Nichols. So if you can spell my first name, you got me. Oh, and Hedrick.com, that's my website. So yeah. <laughs> Hedrick, again, um, you continue to bring so much value, and now you're a part of the Teach Better team on the network. Excited. I'm so excited um, for that announcement, and again, just awesome to have you a part of the Teach Better family. Thanks I for being am. on the podcast. I am also honored. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, and I will see you out there on Twitter. Yes. <laughs>